I say it all the time. Taking care of you is taking care of the business. And yet today we're going even deeper and filling you in on how you can take care of your business's most important asset, your brain. Now hang with us here because we're going to chat about how you can eliminate brain fog and show up as your best self to make more money in your business. If you're someone who knows that your sleep probably could be better, or you're often met with that mid-afternoon slump, then you're going to love the shift my guest Tanessa Shears dishes out in this episode. You'll walk away with simple, actionable tips you can implement now to double your energy and your focus to fuel your business growth. You're listening to One Simple Shift, and I'm your host, Amanda Joyce Weber the mindset coach and business mentor that believes it is possible to have a beautiful, balanced life and a successful, thriving business. In fact, what if success wasn't as complicated as everyone was making it out to be? What if the magic formula you've been looking for has been you all along? Each week, I cut through the noise and bring you one simple, actionable mindset shift you can implement today to completely transform the way you show up daily and the results you see because of it. All success starts with the right mindset, and it's time that you create the life and business you've always dreamed of. Let's get started. My guest today is Tanessa Shears. Tanessa is a kinesiologist, certified sleep science coach, and health consultant who helps entrepreneurs double their energy and focus so they can make more money in their business with her 12 Becoming Limitless protocols. She works closely with business owners to eliminate brain fog and wake up well-rested so they can get more done in less time, maintain consistent, stable energy throughout the day, and feel better than they have in years. Tanessa is also the host of the Becoming Limitless podcast, sharing her expertise on optimizing health and focus for business success. Tanessa, welcome to One Simple Shift. Thanks so much for joining me today. Hi, Amanda. I'm excited to be here and talk about all the fun things today. Thanks for having me. Yes, I am so, so excited to have you. Okay, first question for you. Did I I say kinesiologist correctly? Is that how you say it? Bang on. You said it right. Okay. I'm like reading the bio and I'm like, man, I really should have like Google translated this or like learned how to say this first, but I did not. So we just went with it. You're all good. You're all good. You said it right. (laughs) Amazing. So I know I shared your bio, but I would love to just hear in your own words a little bit about what it is that you do and why you do it. So I actually help entrepreneurs double their energy and their focus so that they can make more money in their business. I find so many of us wake up in the morning and we need like three cups of coffee and a couple of hours to like get our brain going so that we can just start our day and we get through our, you know, a couple of things, maybe we answer some emails, work on some stuff, and then two or three o'clock hits and we get that afternoon like brain fog crash. And we're just, that's maybe when the kids are getting home or you're wrapping up your day and you just don't have the energy to do the rest of your life. So we end up just by default scrolling TikTok or on Instagram or watching Netflix. And there's nothing wrong with those, but we're also not getting to enjoy the life that we want to get the exercise in we want, maybe go see friends. And we just have this underlying sense of just like, fatigue and not feeling that great. And so what my job is, is I come in and help them optimize the way their brain works and the way their body works so that they can be effective with their time and their business and have stable, consistent energy all day long. So that's what I do. 
Oh my gosh, I am so excited. This is such a juicy topic. And I know that you and I were chatting before the show and we were just saying how your brain is like the biggest asset in your business, right? And it's so true, especially for entrepreneurs. That is the key, right? And yet it's also the thing that's so, so easy to skim over and so easy to be like, well, I don't have time for the self-care. I don't have time for the thing that's actually going to help our brains function best. So I'm so excited for this conversation because I feel like it's one that we don't often have, and it just can be so incredibly useful when it comes to having that energy to actually thrive both in the business and outside of the business. So I love everything you said. I'm so pumped. But first, tell me a little bit about how you got here. Like, what has your business journey looked like? Oh, it's like, say similar, but like also completely different as most of ours do. I mean, how many times are we going to pivot, right? And so mm. I originally got into teaching fitness in 2008, and I became a person trainer, teaching the group fit and stuff like that. And I opened my own business as a personal trainer in 2014. And within about 15 months, I had 33 client hours per week, which was well over a six figure personal training business. And it was so fun. But what I was realizing is that when you see 33 client hours a week and you do the back end and you do the marketing, like I was just finding that you, I spent all my time in the gym, yet none of it was actually working out. I was grabbing food that I could like stuff in my mouth between sessions or between calls. And I was like, what is, what is sleep? I have to get up because if I, if I need to get anything done for me, it has to happen super early before my clients start. And so I just found that like this lifestyle wasn't serving me. And if I'm supposed to be in the health space, something needs to change. So there was also this interesting point where I also, I looked around at my clients and it was about fourth year into personal training. And I was like, everyone's an entrepreneur. What is going on here? And they're like, you know, Tanessa, they're like, ah, we came here because we wanted to, you know, fit better in our jeans, but I'm sleeping so much better. I feel so much more energized. I'm not as tired in the afternoon. And I was like, hey, we're on to something. And so, of course, after, after learning how all of that fit together, it wasn't until I had my first baby that I realized, oh, man we're not talking about sleep enough because that was an exaggerated experience of what it feels like to not have enough sleep and not have your brain function properly. That I was like, I bet you my clients are experiencing this on a low level all of the time. And if they're experiencing even 20% of what I feel right now, being so sleep deprived with a new baby, we can optimize this and get our brains to be working so much better. So over the last four years, really incorporating sleep that didn't turn into the fourth pillar with, you know, exercise, food, stress, and sleep, it ended up being the foundation on which everything else was built. So that's kind of the journey. It's been in the health field, but it's completely taken a left turn and it's turned into this really cool health consulting practice. Oh my gosh. I can't tell you how much this is resonating right now. So we just got a new puppy. So he's like going on three months right now, I think, but we recently got him. He was 10 weeks old. And I swear, like I had a call with my business coach where I was like, that's it. Like, I'm like, nothing's working. Like we're burning it all down kind of thing. And she's like, I'm pretty sure you're just like having a week because everything looks good here. <laughs> like, And I was like, oh my gosh. Like I was just like having a moment, right? Like as we do, but I was like, it's totally the sleep thing. It's totally like when I, when I actually got sleep, thank goodness he started sleeping through the night. I was like, oh my gosh, I don't know how people with kids do this because I can't even. I've heard it's similar. (laughs) I've heard it's similar. (laughs) 
But with that, I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize, or maybe I knew, but there's one thing to like intellectually know something and a whole different thing to actually experience it. And I was like, I just did not know how much I was affected by how like how much sleep I got, how uninterrupted my sleep was, like all of those things that I feel like I basically took for granted essentially in in just like how I function in my day to day, right? And it really took like took me out of the game for a second there where I had to like zoom out and be like, oh my gosh, like things are good. Things are better than good right now. Like why do I feel this way kind of thing? So I just recognize so much how how much it affects us and what I like game changing piece that could be. Oh, absolutely. Right. And it's and whether it is a, a kid keeping you up, a dog keeping you up, or your business brain that won't turn off keeping you yes. up. Like, oh my I gosh, it, I'm there too. Yeah, I think it sometimes takes a really exaggerated experience for you to be like, oh, this does affect me because I feel like so many of us are walking around in that kind of just mildly tired, mildly sleep deprived state and we don't quite notice it because there's this really interesting thing that happens called baseline resetting and you start to uh, acclimate to a slow level of sleep deprivation until you don't notice it anymore and you just think that this is normal. And it's not until you've consecutively slept well a bunch of nights where you're like, whoa, I didn't realize how tired I was. I didn't realize how slow my brain was going. I didn't realize how foggy I was. So it's one of those things that's like, I always like to question like the way you're feeling now, is it normal and do you want it to be normal for you? And if you don't, there are options out there to really get much better sleep and to take care of your brain. Yes. So tell us, I feel like this, I always say there are like no secrets in business, but I feel like you have all the sleep secrets here. So, so spill, what, like, what can people do? So the first thing we want to do is recognize that we have something called a circadian rhythm. Have you ever heard that term before? Yes, I have. Yeah. Okay. Well, for, if you're listening and you haven't heard it, it basically means inside your body, there is a clock and it is running all the time. And so much of our body responds to this clock. Like, did you know that like your heart rate is highest at a certain point of day and lowest at a different point, your hormones fluctuate, your breathing rate fluctuates, your, there are so many things, your sleep and wake cycles, all of these things are governed by this clock. When this clock is not taken care of, you have this experience of brain fog or almost like a jet lag that you give yourself with your social schedule. It's called social jet lag, right? What? And you might be asking, yes, it's called social jet lag. It's when activities we have in our schedule, whether it's Netflix, hanging out with friends, whatever it is, when you throw off your body clock and your body has the same experience as if you would have traveled coast to coast and gone through a different time zone. You know, that kind of feeling where something feels off, a little foggy, your digestion feels weird. Yes. That same thing can happen. (laughs) From travel. Yes. Yeah. Right. So if we're looking at, okay, we have this clock, what does it have to do with our sleep? Well, every time we shift around this clock, our sleep quality gets disrupted and that is directly going to affect how we're showing up in our business. So we need to start thinking, well, what can we do to be effective at taking care of this clock? And the first thing I always like to say is sleep rhythm consistency. Now, what this looks like is going to bed and waking up within approximately a one hour window. And what this does is it allows your body to predict, okay, we're going to sleep. So I'll give you an example. We have a hormone called melatonin. Melatonin's job is to help us have a really good sleep. Now, if you during the week are regularly going to bed at 10 o'clock, your melatonin is like, great, we know when to gear up. We know when to make you feel tired. Great. But on the weekend, let's say you stay up to one and the melatonin happens and your body's like, so we're not sleeping now. 
Okay, I'll adjust. And then come Monday, you go to sleep and you can't fall asleep. You're tossing and turning. People think it's a case of the Sundays. But what's actually happening is your melatonin was thrown off. And now you're just like, I can't fall asleep because I shifted my whole hormone hormone clock forward. So we're really looking at, okay, how can I be as consistent as possible with my sleep-wake time to protect my sleep duration and the quality of my sleep? I think that's the biggest thing I would start with. Okay. So I know personally, I will set like the sleep thing on my sleep reminder, bedtime reminder. That's what it's called. Bedtime reminder on my iPhone so that I know like when I'm supposed to be wrapping up and when I'm supposed to be waking up. Now I will totally tell you that I am absolutely guilty of being like, oh, it wasn't 930 tonight. It was 1030 tonight. We're just going to slide this dial an hour later. And push everything back, which granted, one of the perks of entrepreneurship. However, I can totally see how over time that makes it really difficult to predict, right? When even if it's just like an hour off, I totally notice how like then if my body's trained to wake up at like 6.30, all of a sudden I'm like, no, it's fine. I can sleep until 7.30. The next day I want to sleep till 7.30, right? So I can just totally see what you're saying here and that like I can already feel like in my body that something's off. So what you're saying just makes a ton of sense to me. So apart from the bedtime reminders, which guys, if you have an iPhone, I like highly suggest because even if you don't stick to it, it's really good to be like, oh, look, I said I wanted to go to bed at this time. Maybe I should start wrapping up whatever Netflix show. But like, what can we do, right? So we're thinking of like protecting the quality of our sleep or are we looking at like things to help us get to bed on time? Which one do you want to tackle first? Ooh, can we do both? Yeah, okay. Okay. So let's start with the getting to bed on time thing. So I work with a lot of parents and a lot of clients that aren't parents as well, but have really busy days. And they find that they get to the end of the day and whether it's you're finished, you know, cooking dinner, cleaning up the house or putting the kids to bed, you kind of just want to collapse onto the couch and zone out to have that me time, right? But the pushback I always get is, okay, but if I want to go to bed at 10 and that that's cutting into my me time, if I have to go to bed earlier, so when am I supposed to get that? And what the question I always love to ask is like, cool, no problem. Let's talk about your me time. What do you want to get out of your me time? And we know that that's that time where it's scrolling Instagram, it's on TikTok, it's watching Netflix, it's re- you know what I mean? And they're always like, well, I really want to feel recharged and I want to just feel calm and I want to feel like I could zone out and at peace right before the end of my day. I was like, great, I love that. Now, what are you doing before bed? And it's usually some of those activities we listed, right? And I'm like, cool. How do those make you feel? Do you feel recharged? Do you feel at peace? Do you feel calm? And the answer is usually no. So mm-hmm. the invitation I then make is like, I love Netflix. I'm on Instagram as well. But what could we do so that we could bridge the gap and start bringing in some of those activities that do make you feel that way? Because the reason we don't want to go to bed earlier is because it cuts into the me time. But what if you needed so much me time because you never got the feeling you wanted out of From the me time? From your me time. Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, like three episodes of Netflix, I mean, sure, you can zone out, but you don't really feel recharged necessarily. So what is it that does make you feel recharged? For some of my clients, they love going for an evening walk. I really love curling up with a good book. So can you pair your Instagram or your Netflix time and then wrap it up with going for a walk or doing a nice night stretch or journaling or something like that? Pairing it with something that gives you the feeling you want 
so that you don't have to stay up an hour, two hours past bedtime, just having that extra time to zone out. And then that's that kind of secret because not only do you help wind your brain down for sleep, but you don't cut into the sleep that will compromise how you're feeling tomorrow. Ooh, so good. I will add that I have taken recently to doing like like a meditation before bed. Not not one where I have to like excessively like visualize, think about it too hard. We're talking like the kind where it's very much about the relaxation, like, you know, noticing parts of your body, like very much the relaxation types. And I've found that like by the time those end, I am like so ready to go to bed. <laughs> I'm like, all right, <laughs> meditation ends head phones out done you know and that's just been like I think that's my version of like the me timer the unwinding that just feels so good and so like ready for sleep at that point yeah I'd be so curious on the nights that you do that are those the nights you end up in bed on time (laughs) that is a good question I think I've been I'm curious your opinion on this but I think I've almost been prioritizing that over the getting to bed on time. So even if it's like 930, I'll like pop in the headphones for like, cause I'm like 15 minutes. Like it's not going to make a difference whether it's like, you know, and I'm like, I know I'm going to like sleep better, feel better tomorrow. I know it's going to make a difference. Right. And so that typically has been my like mindset around that where it's like, it's just worth it to be able to get myself to that place rather than to like force myself to go to bed earlier so that I can be asleep at like 9.30 instead of 9.45, you know? Oh, I totally agree with you. You've almost touched on something that I call an accelerated wind down routine because there's there's the wind down routine that like we'd have on an ideal night. You know, maybe we turn the screens off at a certain time. Maybe we adjust the room temperature, get our PJs on, wash our face. There is that whole routine. But then sometimes you're out with friends. Sometimes you do stay up late and watch TV. So I always invite you to look at like, okay, what are the things from your routine are packing the pack the best punch which ones have the biggest impact and then i like to just on those nights where you're up a little later isolate down to the things that are the most effective which you've identified as the meditation and do those and it sounds like you've hit the nail on the head you're like this is what works this is what gets me to sleep better and if this means a couple extra minutes up i think that's a sacrifice well made if it helps the quality of your sleep right Yeah. So let's dive into quality of sleep. Like I know that was the other thing you touched on where you were were like this or that. I'm like both. So tell us about quality of sleep. Like how can we get better quality of sleep? This specifically was the difference maker for me between the days where I used to like see people talking about sleep in their Instagram stories and like swipe through. And I'm like, I get good sleep. It's all good. I'm fine to like, okay, I need to pay attention to this because I didn't wasn't fully aware of the purpose of sleep beyond just kind of recharging you for the next day. But if you were, if were to break sleep into two major chunks, at the beginning of the night, you're getting the majority of what we call your deep sleep. So that is responsible for physically restoring your body. Like if you went on a walk, if you had a workout that day, this is where you're getting the benefits and the growth and the repair during that. The same thing happens with your brain. And if we can like get a little nerdy for a second here. Yes, please. Okay. While you're in deep sleep, your brain cells actually shrink back just a little bit. And the fluid that's around your brain gets in there and gives it a brain bath. And it literally washes out any metabolites and anything that's accumulated during the day. It's literally a bath for your brain and it washes out some of these types of proteins that can down the road contribute to Alzheimer's 
So it's literally, a, I know how cool is that, right? You get a brain bath. So cool. Yeah. So deep sleep is something that we really want to protect the longevity of our physical brain and our physical body. And you get that the majority of the earlier parts of the night, like 10, 11, 12, 1. So think about this. Now, if you stay up until 1, you have cut out the majority of your deep sleep. And that is why we wake up feeling so physically exhausted and we don't feel as sharp and our recovery and our resilience is not as high the next day. It's because you don't just make it up later in the night. You miss it almost entirely when you skip through those earlier hours because we stay up late. So it's oh my super, gosh. I know. So that's the kind of like why we tie it back to that circadian rhythm conversation we have. The consistency not only plays into actually getting the sleep you need, but making sure you get enough of each type of quality. So we talked about deep sleep on the early part of the night, closer to the morning hours, one, two, three, four, five a.m., six a.m. You get the majority of your dreaming, rapid eye movement, sleep, REM sleep. We've all heard of this, right? But this is what I call entrepreneurial gold. Like I don't mess with my REM sleep. And I'll tell you why. REM sleep has been shown across the board in research studies to enhance your ability to solve problems. What is the purpose of a business? To solve problems. The size of the problem you solve will be related to the success and the size of your business growth, right? So if our ability to solve problems is affected, like if I can't come up with creative solutions, why my client is stuck or what to do about this problem, like I'm not going to have a very successful business. I need to be able to solve problems. And on top of that, I also need to be able to think outside of the box. And that ability is also fostered while we are dreaming. So I want to be creative. I want to write good posts. I want to write good copy. I want to write good newsletters. I want to deliver good podcasts. I need to be on top of my creative game. But it gets better. Your REM sleep allows you to read facial expressions and body gestures better. So what? If you're, yeah, I know. If you are a coach or consultant, you have a team. If I'm sitting there with a client and I'm coaching them and they're like leaning in and nodding, my brain is going, yes, check, check. They're understanding. This makes sense. But if I can see confusion past their face, I'm like, okay, we need a better explanation. We need to come at this from a different angle. Like my ability to be a good coach hinges on my ability to read my client and be a good coach. So there's all of these things that wind in there. And then the cherry on the cake, REM sleep helps you manage your emotions. If you wake up feeling irritable, stressed out, overwhelmed, anxious, your ability to say cool as a cucumber and stable is fostered in REM sleep. So if you get a troll coming in on your Instagram or a client or a customer sends you an email and it's a little fiery, I want to be in integrity. I want to respond the way I want to represent my business. I don't want to like lose a whole day to spiraling out, ruminating because he said that, she said that. I want to be in control of my emotions and without REM sleep, none of that happens. So this is why I'm so passionate about sleep and business. It's not a pillar of your health. It is the foundation on which we should build all the business pieces. <laughs> I think we figured out which phase of sleep I wasn't getting when my dog was waking up at 530. <laughs> that's, that's what I was thinking during your story when you're like, I need to burn it all down. That said to me, I'm like, ooh, somebody missed their REM sleep. <laughs> yes. I'm like, oh yeah, this is hitting a lot here. Like that makes a ton of sense. Totally.
I know that when you're taking care of yourself, sales flow with so much more ease. It's that energy that translates on a sales call that has your potential clients so excited to step into your paid containers and to take that next step to work with you. That's why I really like to focus on the mindset behind sales so that you can feel even better and even more confident going into those conversations. One of the questions that I get asked all the time is, Amanda, how do I do a sales call in a way that flows and I feel really, really confident in? And while I don't believe in scripts or one size fits all methods, I do believe that having a flow on that call can be so incredibly useful. Not only that, but finding the flow that works best for you, your offers, and your expertise is an absolute game changer. That's yet another thing that I love to cover on my free Sincere Sales Coaching Calls. This is an absolutely free call where you and I get to the root of your biggest mindset challenge around sales, whether that's how these calls should flow or something else entirely, so that you can shift it and you can close more sales with more ease. I only offer a few of these free calls each week, so head over to amandajoyceweber.com slash sincere sales and grab a time that works for you. So I am super curious, like, what do you have to say to the person? This is not me, by the way, but I know that it is some of our listeners. And I'm just so curious what you have to say to the person who's like, but I'm a night owl. Like, I just thrive in the nighttime. Like, how can I still like benefit from consistent sleep and good sleep if I am someone who like just does better at night. Oh, I love this conversation. (laughs) Okay. Let me start by saying the 5am club is garbage. And if you feel bad about falling into the category of sleeper that can't wake up at 5am, there's nothing wrong with you. It doesn't mean you're not going to be successful. And here's why. There is something that exists called a, a field of science called chronobiology. And it basically looks at this one gene we have. It's called your PER3 gene. And the length of it determines whether you are a morning person a mid-range person or a late night owl. And there is nothing that you can do about it. It is innately who you are. So a lot of this research that has come out is talking now about this thing called chronotypes, meaning what you lean to the most. Like, are you that early morning person? Are you that late night owl? There's actually a a fabulous book I read called The Power of When by Dr. Michael Bruce. And he has Mm -hmm. a quiz on his website. Uh, I think it's just, if you Google like thepowerofwhenquiz.com, it'll pop up. And you take this quiz and it divides you into a chronotype and it suggests, you know, here you go. Here's where I think that you should sleep based on all the answers on this. And so what this basically means is that different people function best at different times. So I have on my finger right now a ring and it's called an aura ring. And what it does is it tracks all of my body metrics, my sleep, my activity, you name it, it tracks it. I know what's going on. Now, this also (laughs) tracks body temperature. It tracks sleep-wake rhythms. It tracks all of this stuff. And it has predicted for me and accurately that my ideal bedtime is 8.56 p.m. And my ideal wake-up time is 4.56. This is almost exactly my sleep cycle. Oh my gosh. And you know what's the interesting thing? For the longest time, I tried to go to bed at 11 and wake up at 7 because doesn't that what everyone does? And I felt terrible. And it wasn't until I leaned into this and I was like, you know what? I'm in bed at 8.30, but I'm also up at 5. I've never felt better. And to contrast that, to speak to your question, I have a client. His ideal sleep start time is midnight. And his ideal wake-up time is 8. And when he stopped fighting that this was his reality, he would start waking up at 8 and he's just like, I feel so 
so much better. I am clearer. My day's off to a better start. I'm more creative. Like it really just felt like he was fighting with himself. So there is such a thing as chronotypes. There's nothing wrong with having that late rhythm. The key thing we come back to is, are you consistent with that rhythm? Because you can still get deep, you can still get REM, but your times for that will shift. You just have to honor those times consistently. Okay. I I swear I did not have you on the podcast just to poke holes in all of your suggestions because this is, I feel like that's what these questions are sounding like. But what about the person who's like, okay, cool. So that all sounds like well and good in like a perfect world, right? But like, what about the times when my friend has a birthday party and we're out until like 10 p.m. or 11 p.m. or midnight or whatever? Or what about the time where like my kid keeps me up and like I don't sleep that entire night because they're sick? Like what about when life gets in the way of like what this ideal schedule would be? I love that you asked these, by the way, because that's <laughs> it's what everyone's thinking. So we need to talk about this, right? So first of all, we're human, not robots. So nights out with friends, Great. Staying up with your partner to watch Netflix. Great. All of these things are making us enjoy our experience of life. What we end up doing is finding like, okay, where's that sweet spot between, you know, how many nights am I able to get away with that before I start noticing the difference? And so what I like to offer is this idea of creating one to two week experiments. Cause sometimes the idea of committing to like going to bed at the same time forever and ever and ever sounds terrifying. So I always suggest this. What if you picked a bedtime and you did it for two weeks, relatively consistency, let's say like 13 or 12 nights. And you decided, okay, here's how I feel. I feel pretty good in the morning. I have this, this is how my brain's working. And then you try it where maybe you have four or five of those nights in the next two weeks where you go out, evaluate, how are you feeling? And then you get to kind of find that sweet spot in there. So that's what I would say to like the elective going out with friends and stuff like that. You got to find your sweet spot and also just know that sometimes you're going to be tired, but you also got to enjoy your experience the night before. So I think that's part one to that. Yeah. Now, when it comes to dogs waking us up, kids waking to us, things that are out of our control, we have this really interesting mindset where we're just like, I have a baby. I guess I'm not going to sleep. So what's the point in taking care of my sleep anyways? Now I've had two, I have an 11 month old right now. So we're not out of it just yet because we're going through a sleep regression. However, you can still protect the sleep you do get. Like I am having more fragmented sleep because she's waking up crying in the middle of the night right now, but I'm going to get that, that three or four hour chunk that I did get. It's going to be great because I'm going to do the things that make that sleep as effective as I can get it. So there is kind of that mindset of like protecting the sleep you are getting, but pairing it with intentional, deliberate things that are designed to scientifically wake my brain up in the morning. And maybe we could talk about that next. Yes, please. Oh my gosh. Tell us. Okay. So in the morning, you know what? We talked about your circadian rhythm, right? So we can directly do things that will input to that circadian rhythm that will wake us up in the morning the same way as we talked about how to go to bed at night. So there's a couple of things I lean into here. So one of the most important potent stimulators to our brain is light. Mm-hmm. Now, how often, I know my husband does this. He likes to wake up in the morning and then go sit in his dark little cave of an office with all the lights off. This is like one of the worst things that you could do for you if you want to feel a little <laughs> light in the morning. If you're waking up when it's dark, flip on all the lights. If you're waking up when it's daytime, it depends on the time of year or time you wake up, the single best thing you could do 
is get outside for 10 minutes on a sunny day, 15 to 20 minutes on a cloudy day. This can look like coffee outside. This can look like going for a walk, taking out your dog, walking your kids to the bus stop. Lots of different options here. I take my computer out there sometimes in the morning, sit on my deck. Mm -hmm. This directly tells your brain, let's amp up the good cortisol in the morning and wake you up. So that's number one. The second input I like to look at is body temperature. When your core temperature goes up, it directly tells your brain, we need to feel alert, we need to bump up the energy, and we need to be focused. And that that sounds like a good morning to me, right? Uh-huh. So yeah, we do totally. this. We can increase our core temperature one of two ways. One, the obvious one, exercise, move, go for a walk, stretch, get your core temperature up. The second is my favorite, and I guarantee your brain is going to be like, I won't, but you should try it. Okay, let's hear it. Cold showers. So, <laughs> see, yeah, but let, let me let me explain this because then I, I might be able to excite you enough to try it. So, generally, when that cold water hits your body from the outside, your body's your core temperature is like, oh, it's cold. We better crank up the temperature in here, and your core temperature goes up. Right when your core temperature goes up, that stimulates your brain. It's time to wake up. On top of that, that cold water hitting your skin is an adrenaline release and a dopamine release. And you get this like almost like a natural high that comes with it of like alertness and focus. It is such a beautiful way to start your day. You do not need to take a full cold shower because that is an awful way to start. Try (laughs) 30 seconds on the end. And do you want to actually know how I got started? I started doing it. 30 seconds on the end of a day where I washed my hair because then I could do the blow dryer after and like, okay, warm my head up a little bit. But that's how I got used to it. And it doesn't have to be like as cold as you can make it, just as cold as you can tolerate, 30 seconds. Try that once or twice for a week and just see if you can notice the difference on those days because it is just a boost of clarity. You pair that with the light, maybe you got a little walk in and it's just like this one, two, three hit for just like, let's go, we're waking up today. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay. So I have to say you are not the first person who has brought up the cold shower thing. Like, did this get trendy or popular recently? Because I feel like I have seen a lot of posts recently, or maybe this is just the universe pinging me and being like, Amanda, cold showers, like this is your thing, right? But I think that this is like something I've heard from so many people where they have said that it has given them that like extra boost of clarity and like almost like extra creative mojo there. And I am like, mm-hmm, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> so guys, talk to me in a month. And we'll see, we'll see if the cold showers did it for me. But you know what's funny? I had a client, I've had this one client and she's been with me like three years now and she fought me on it for probably the first two and a half years. And then I don't know what happened. She came onto a call one day and she's like, Tessa, I did the cold showers and wow, it was better than a cup of coffee. And she does them all the time now. And she was like, never, nope, not going to do it. And it was like, I mean, let's be real. It's not like you're standing in the cold shower being like, this is lovely. Like it's not, that's not what it is. It is like a, like, okay, we are breathing. This is all right. The good feeling comes after. So if you can generate that discipline within yourself and like the let's go, like we're getting over this wall this morning, you get that feeling of like, yes, I did that. And then the good feeling that follows. So I kind of like to think of it as like a great way to train self-discipline being like, I don't want to do this. I said I was going to do that. Let's go. So that's kind of another way I like to look at it. 
honestly a great mindset exercise in general. Like I think that you can build a lot of self-trust and confidence. Like even if we're just talking like 30 second cold showers here, like this is not a bad skill to build, you know, like I love that. Yeah. There's so many mini skills that you build in there too. Is like one of the ones I had to figure out was like, okay, but if you want to shave your legs, but you're freezing cold, how does that work? I'm like, honestly, there's so many things. Cause I, so many of the people that are saying the cold shower thing, I often find are men. And I'm like, really? well, well, yeah. And I'm often like, okay, well, but your, your hair, it dries really quick and you don't have to shave your legs and all this kind of stuff too. So finding like little hacks around that. And like, like I said, with that one, the doing it on the days that you wash your hair, is a great mm-hmm. one because then if you need to and you stand at the blow dryer, it warms right back up. Interesting. I mean, does it work the same way? We're getting really into the nitty gritty details here, but does it work the same way? Like, let's say I didn't wash my hair, but just did like like shower cap situation. Will I get the same effects or is it really like the head feeling that difference in temperature that makes your brain go like, oh, okay, we're doing this. Yeah. So on those days, I like to look at the heat centers. So face, armpits, groin, and feet. And those are areas oh. and then like, you know, turning around, getting it on the nape of your neck, stuff like that. Like getting your face in will do a, a quite a different and like getting in your armpits and stuff like that. Instead of the thing oh. we like to do is just stand there still, but you're going to yeah. get more out of it. If you like continue to move, don't allow yourself to warm up, get different areas of your skin. That's the way I would do it. Huh. Interesting. Okay, cool. So you actually brought up another question that I had in the coffee thing, right? So I'm so curious, are you like pro coffee? Don't suggest coffee. And then also like on the other side of it, like chamomile, melatonin pills, things like that. Like what are, what's your stance on all of that? Okay. So let's start this from, we'll start from a certain time of day and go around the clock that way we hit all of them. So I'm pro coffee, first of all. But I'm pro smart coffee use. How about that? So in okay, general, I like to I like to wrap up caffeine anywhere between ten and twelve hours before you intend to be to sleep. Because caffeine has something called a half life, which means at that point, half of that caffeine is still active in your body. So caffeine is has a half life of what's called like about six hours on average. So that means if you have a cup of coffee at eight, at two p.m. in the afternoon, half of that caffeine is still like, yeah, let's stay awake in your body which also means that 8 p.m. at night, 25% of that caffeine is still active. Now, even if you're the type of person that's like, I can fall asleep on caffeine, it's not a big deal, you might be able to fall asleep, but what we call the architecture of your sleep, so that kind of those ratios of deep and REM, those are compromised. So you do not get the quality of sleep if you have had caffeine within, I would say, the 10 to 8 hours of sleep. So I do like to just leave a little bit more room and do that. Now, as far as when we get into the evening, things that really help with sleep, you hit it with chamomile. There is something in there called apigenin that really does help with um, winding us down. Uh, Decaf green tea, great option then too, because it has L-theanine in it, which lowers blood pressure, helps us feel nice and calm and relaxed. I am personally anti-melatonin. And here's why. And this, yes, this might come as a surprise, but I actually, um, there was a study that was covered uh, in the Huberman Lab podcast. Have you ever heard of his podcast? No. Nope. He's a neuroscientist out of Stanford anyways, but he uh, was speaking on how melatonin is really high in our body in puberty. And the purpose of it being high is to suppress sex hormones so that we do not go through puberty. Now, when we enter puberty, melatonin levels in the body drop and allow us to go through puberty. So naturally, the amount of melatonin we produce in our body is totally safe and totally normal. But when you go and take melatonin that you buy off a shelf, 
even if you take a one milligram tablet and break it in half and you have a half, it is what's called a supraphysiological dose. It is so far beyond the normal amount of hormone that would ever be present in our body. And there have been studies that have shown specifically in rats that it suppresses sex hormones. Like without, you know, getting into it too much, the mice that they gave melatonin to, it shrunk their testicles from the size of a pea to a grain of rice. So it's directly. Oh my yes. gosh, you yes. are blowing so, my mind. This is yes, so, so good to know. Yeah. So melatonin actually acts as a um, suppressor for sex hormones. For women, that's estrogen. And when we screw with our estrogen, body composition issues happen, sleep issues happen, mood issues happen, focus, clarity, like that is something I don't mess with. And so melatonin was something that once I started reviewing these studies, I have cold turkey cut out. And the fact that all the studies about melatonin showed it only increased sleep duration by three minutes. On average, stop three minutes. Three minutes, and I was like, "That is not worth it." So those, <laughs> that is what I would. I I know, right? So that is what I'd recommend for sleep. Now I've got one more hack to round out that little part of that conversation, and we're okay. back to coffee, and we're waking okay. up in the morning, and what's okay. the first thing we do? We go get our cup of coffee. Problem with this is, is it does not allow our brain to clear out a little bit of what's been kicking around called adenosine. That is what makes us feel sleepy. Naturally, we wipe a lot of this chemical out while we sleep, and that's why we should wake up feeling alert. But if you jump on the coffee bandwagon first thing in the morning, it doesn't let that clear out. So when the caffeine wears off, you kind of have this extra kicking around sleepy chemical, and that's why that crash feels so intense in the afternoon. Interesting. Simplest. Okay, we're going to talk instant gratification here because I know we like a little bit of that. This is the yeah. most instant gratification hack I could give you. When you wake up in the morning, if you wait at least 90 minutes or two hours to have that first cup of coffee, I can promise you that that day, that afternoon energy crash you are experiencing will be drastically reduced. Hmm. I guarantee it. Every client I've ever tried this with, everybody that has read an Instagram post of mine, listened to the podcast I've done on that, has then come into my inbox and been like, that was the biggest difference maker in that afternoon crash. And it's literally oh just gosh. waiting to have that cup of coffee. And honestly, the weird, why? it's not even... The, yeah, why? Yeah, Yeah, because what happens is when you jump that caffeine first thing, it doesn't let that sleepy chemical, that adenosine, clear out. Okay. So basically, you have all this. So normally, if you wait, what happens is the body is able to break down the last of that sleepy chemical. Then you jump on the caffeine and you're awake. But if you do the caffeine right away, it's like putting all that sleepy chemical in a bag. And then when the caffeine wears off, dumping it back on you, right? When the caffeine wears off and you're just like, have this huge crash that happens. Okay. Yes. I feel like that's what you said. And I'm like processing now and I'm like, okay, I get it. Like that is incredible. Oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah, so then I think naturally the question that comes in is like, okay, wait, hold on. And now so what do I do? What's going on? Okay. So if you're, if you're just like me and you're here for all the torture, you could just like literally wait the hour and a half. And I promise you the weirdest part about it is like, what do you do with your hands? It's the weirdest thing. Like you're just like, I am so used to like hold. So go throw back 16 ounces of water in the morning. It's like this, it's such a great way to start with hydrating your day. Um, But if you're just like, that sounds like torture, move it back by 15 minutes every couple of days and make it take two weeks. It's not a big deal. So if the first couple of days, maybe you wake up at six, copy at 6.15 and then a couple of days later, 6.30 and then start moving it back slowly and you'll start to gradually notice that afternoon energy crash leave, so to speak. Awesome. Okay. So can you give us like a sequence of events? Like I feel like we've talked a lot of 
different pieces here, but I would love to hear just like, what's your like recommended morning, evening routine? Like how can people put the pieces together in a way that like makes sense for them so that we're not like, (laughs) I find that sometimes when we hear these, this kind of advice, we start doing like sporadic things and then we don't stick with them. So I would love to just hear kind of like how it should flow together. Yeah. So ideally I got a good sleep and I wake up and I'm just ready to start my day. However, there are certain days, like you think even today was one of those days. Like I said, my daughter's going through the sleep regression. She randomly screams like three or four times a night and then goes right back to sleep. Um, So I'm like, okay, it's like opening your bag of tricks in the morning. It's like, okay, what am I intentionally going to do to help my brain get out of bed and get going? And so today, for example, what I did was I got up and I did a workout in the morning. And so that was maybe like a 30 minute strength training session. So what I'm cueing here is increasing my core temperature. All right. So we talked about that one. Then I go outside and I went for a 20 minute walk, increasing core temperature further, exposing my eyes to natural light. Right. Uh Then what I did is I went and I jumped in a cold shower. So that's getting the adrenaline up. And then, well, actually it was the last 30 seconds. If I'm going to be frank, it's a little cold today. So (laughs) so then beyond that, so by the time... By the time I get to coffee, it was two and a half hours post wake up. That was today. So that's kind of what I can do. Honestly, on some days, I only do the coffee. That's the one that I guarantee don't miss. The other ones I kind of use on an as needed basis. So that's what I would do in my morning. As far as the evening routine, our evening routine actually starts, I would say, at about five o'clock when we are starting or about wrapping up dinner at our house. We have dinner really early. Um, Beyond after that, we will go out for a family walk and then I will get the kids ready for bed. We'll do the evening shower, put them into bed, dim the lights, wash my face, PJs are on, jump into bed, read a book. I'm usually asleep by 8.30, 8.45. And this is not to say everyone's bedtime needs to be that. Remember, I have an early chronotype. So yeah. that's kind of my rhythm that I go through. Oh, I love that. And just thank you so much for being so open about that and sharing that with everyone. Because I think that it's just so helpful to hear, like, this is what it can look like, right? I think just being an example is so, so helpful there. Yeah, I am just blown away. So I think the last piece that I'd love to touch on here is just like how how this really helps the brain fog overall or how you notice a difference because of that sleep. Because we've probably all heard like how important sleep is and they've heard all of these gems that you shared with us today. But I would just love to hear like how does this really support your brain and your business long-term? Yeah. So what it comes down to is how our brain is performing during the day. Now I want you to think about the day that you woke up with a poor sleep or brain fog. What is that day like at your desk? How creative do you feel when you sit down to to write content, right? Does it take you a while to come up with ideas or do you just stare at the page or is it kind of just like meh? And then you go through your day and what is your energy like when you're showing up in your stories or your podcast, right? Because I'm really a big believer that our energy attracts the people into our lives and our business. Like I'm showing up feeling nobody wants to work with someone who's tired. It's just, it's the truth. We want to be drawn into people that we want to be around. And I want to make sure that I'm feeling that way because I want people to be like, I want to be around that, right? Yeah, so totally. So beyond that, and I want you to think about this. So let's just say that's the morning. Then you get into the afternoon and you're really starting to get that brain slow down. You're tired. Maybe you had a bit of a crash. And now 
you're kind of like, well, maybe I'll just, I don't know, poke around in my email. Maybe I'll rearrange my calendar. You know how we have a block of time that we reserve for like brainless admin tasks. That's all we can tolerate. Yeah. And it takes a couple extra hours. Now I want you to consider this, like how much longer did all of that take when you're feeling tired versus that day that your brain is crystal clear, it is sharp and it is focused. Now, a lot of that fogginess we feel is caused by inflammation, right? It is inflammation in our body that is taken care of while we sleep. It is that physical restoration that we get. So when we are not getting enough sleep, that brain fog kicks around and it slows everything down. So if you normally, what would take you six hours is taking you eight and then you really don't have time to do that. So you either shove it onto tomorrow's to-do list or you think about it all night or you're checking Instagram at the table or you're trying to do emails before you hop in your bed. You don't get the chance to turn your brain off. So your entire experience of your life, you feel behind, you're never caught up. The to-do list is never ending. You're just feeling this overwhelming sense of like, my business is running me instead of I'm running my business. And it's this kind of look at like, if we could take care of our brains and if it's not, it's not our programs, not our podcast, it's not our lead magnets that are the only assets in the business. It is our brain. And if I can get done in four hours, what usually takes me six, I have either freed up time to take on new projects to grow my business, or that is the time I start the exercise program. That is the time I get meal planning under my belt. That is the time I take my kids out for a walk. You buy back your time with how well you take care of your brain. It does not take you time to sleep. That is not a cost to your productivity. It is a give to your productivity tomorrow. And it's just something that I have learned that like, this is my, not only, well, it's why I have a business teaching this. Yeah, it makes totally. such a difference. Like people need to know. <laughs> and you can tell too. I mean, I think that's just such a testament to your work is like how much you can tell that you practice what you preach here. Like you are popping on this podcast today, like so excited about this and so chipper. And I'm like, damn, she has energy. Like this is amazing, right? So I think that it's just like such a beautiful testament to your work. And I can totally see like the difference it makes and why you're so lit up by this. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> so Tanessa, if people love what they heard from you today, I know that you have a option to learn more about kind of biohacking your business in that way and would just love for you to share where people can find you to learn more. Yeah. Well, as you mentioned in the intro, I have a podcast, Becoming Limitless, which basically takes... Oh, any of the hacks we talked about and a whole episode on how it applies to your business. Like if you want to nerd out with me, that's the place to go. Um, but beyond that, um, over the years, I found that there are certain biohacks that are like, they pack a punch, they have the most impact. And I've put them into a single playbook that I call 12 Ways to Biohack Your Energy. It's an entrepreneur's playbook for highly productive mornings in your business. And I, it's for free. It's at tanessashears.com slash energy. And this is the best way then to like find out where you can find me on Instagram and my email list and stuff like that. So if you want these kind of tips, you want my podcast episodes, go jump on that email list and you'll get it every week to your inbox. Yay. Amazing. And we will be sure that we drop all of that goodness in the show notes as well so that you can find her super easily over there. But Tanessa, I just wanted to take a moment and thank you so much for joining me today. This was so, so valuable. And I feel like you just know so much about sleep and how we can really take care of our brain, our biggest asset in our business. And I just, I loved everything you shared. So thank you so much for that. Oh, thank you for having me, Amanda. It was a great conversation. <laughs> 
for listening to One Simple Shift. Check out the show notes for this episode and all past episodes at amandajoyceweber.com slash shift. If you're loving this podcast, do me a favor and leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. These reviews truly mean the world to me, helping me to reach more people and have more impact. And as a special thanks, we'll reach out to everyone that leaves a review and you'll receive my absolutely free life and business changing future you meditation. This mindset exercise is the simplest, easiest way to tap into future you today and start being that woman now. I only wish I had a visualization exercise like this when I first started my business and now it's available to all of you. Simply screenshot your review and email it to me at amanda at amandajoyceweber.com to receive your free meditation. And remember, sometimes the only thing standing in the way of a more profitable business and a more fulfilling life is one simple shift. Then you're going to love the shift my guest Tanisha's... Tan- Ugh.